0: Get an in-depth preview of the Chicago Bears' next opponent and John Buffone's passionate rants on Buffon 55 Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Central. Hello, everyone. Uh, It's Aldo Gandia, along with Greg Gabriel. Another episode of Greg Gabriel Talks Football. And Greg, I tweeted out something about hoping that you would make me feel better about the loss. And what was it that you said to me prior to the show?
1: (laughs) I'm going to be your goddamn therapist. I'm going to send you a bill. (laughs)
0: Uh, So, uh, you know what? It's... uh, (laughs) It, you just your presence is making me feel better because I know that you're going to look at this game through eyes that I don't possess. Uh, so you're going to be able to break certain things down and, uh, and maybe offer some hope or maybe the realism is just something I've got to face. So what do you, what were your overall thoughts about that disappointing loss to the Green Bay Packers Sunday?
1: Well, yeah, it's disappointing. You lost a game. You never want to lose the game. The uh, fact is, right now, today, Green Bay's a better football team than the Chicago Bears. And they've got one of the premier quarterbacks, top two or three quarterbacks in all of football. It's tough to beat those guys. You know, mm-hmm. you you got to have everything right. Now, saying that, and the year before we came out, I, I said, I, I thought there was a turning point in that game that may have spelled the difference between Victory and a loss, and that was the non-penalty when Justin Fields threw the interception on, on the no-call for the for the uh, offsides, clearly offsides. I mean, the guy was offsides. He was offsides as much as as Quinn was offsides in that first drive.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, and and maybe even more so. But they've got the ball in um, Green Bay territory. I don't recall what the down and distance was, but I think it was first down. Chances are they at least get three points out of that uh, drive and maybe even seven.
0: Oh, This is the wrong and, play. I apologize. Go ahead.
1: That's all right. So, you know, but it it, it, and it turns into a turnover, which was really almost like, a, you know, I don't want to blame Justin Fields on that throw. He thought he had a, you know, he was heaving it. And and mm-hmm. he, he thought he had a free play. Everybody in the stadium thought they had a free play. The only guy who didn't think they had a free play was the line judge who didn't throw the damn flag. Um, you know, and and but I think had the Bears gone up ten nothing mm-hmm. or fourteen nothing, they win that game.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I honestly believe that.
0: Yeah. I, i'm with you I, I think i found the play here uh i'll play it and then you can uh, kind of analyze it for us um let's go here and share the screen with this and there and here we go it's coming right up here there it is
1: yeah, yeah. he stepped into the neutral zone it's it's mm-hmm. it's, it's uh you know encroachment
0: mm-hmm. yeah and uh coach Nagy said today that um, this uh, because Justin saw the offsides and expected the flag or the neutral zone infraction, he uh went into the scramble drill, but a Rob didn't, and so that was part of the problem,
1: right? And and there was one other one with the other interception, there was a, a problem where the receiver was going and where he was throwing the ball,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: but neither one of those were. I'm throwing out the first one. I'm not even counting that as an interception. That one's on the officials, and the Bears will get a letter from the league tomorrow, and it'll say, you know, there's a bad call there. Uh, big deal. I mean, doesn't change the outcome of the game. You know, it, it, it just says, see, we told you so, and that's about it. Uh, but – and the other one, you know, was a heap throw um, it is what it is. It wasn't a dumb interception. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be more upset about a dumb interception. I mean, it's, yeah, it's going on his record as two interceptions in a game like, like he made some dumb throws and that wasn't the case. In fact, he had some damn good throws. Mm-hmm. And to go back to, to Nagy's uh, presser earlier today, you know, he, he uh, talked about some of those, uh, some of the throws Justin made. But still, he's far from being perfect. He's far from being the consistent NFL level quarterback that you want. He holds onto the ball too long. In in some cases that causes some sacks, Um, you know, Nagy tried to absolve him one time saying, well, yeah, but you know, that, that holding onto the ball allowed to a 20 yard gain on a scramble later on. And, you know, he just got tripped up on that one play. But he did. I mean, I I think he's got to learn. The top quarterbacks in football get the ball out of their hands real quick.
2: Mm -hmm. It's
1: across the board. And he will learn to do that Mm -hmm. as as he gains more experience. Now, you know, you look at some of the comments by by some of the fans and, oh, you got to fire the coaching staff, fire Nagy, he sucks, all this. Well, hey, y'all wanted a rookie quarterback to gain experience to go through this now go through it because this is what's going to happen there
2: are going you're, to be you're, growing
1: you're, you're, there's growing pains there's going to be ups and downs and you know what he's going to play a game down the road this year where he's going to be lights out and then there's going to be it could be the week after he's going to stink
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's just part of the growing pains of having a rookie quarterback
0: Yep, exactly. And, uh, and part of the good stuff regarding Justin Fields, Matt Nagy talked about that. In particular, three plays in that first series that led to a touchdown that, that started with a yeah, second. Yeah,
1: five, six, and seven, if I recall.
0: Right, exactly. That's how he referred to them, five, six, and seven of that drive. And listen to Matt Nagy and uh, watch the visual of what he's referring to.
2: Those three plays right there for Justin were
1: special. Okay, so the very, the very first play, he took, he took a three-step drop, nice little hitch, and ran a corner route through Mooney right on time. I mean, that was a professional throw, professional play. Great play by the line, everybody. The very next play, he comes back, and they run a cover two, and he hits A-Rob in the, in the side pocket there down the sideline. Great throw, great catch, great execution. Follows it back up with a good chip protection shot play where the safety's playing kind of tight,
0: cutting a deep cross, and he, he goes with the post alert, which is what we teach him. And he, and all of that happened on time and in rhythm. When you can play quarterback and play on time and in
1: rhythm, you see good things happen. And that, that was awesome, those three plays right there. We got a P.I. in the end zone. We get the ball at the one, we score a touchdown.
0: Um, we've got uh, 4,000 Clovers uh, saying, but Nagy wasn't able to groom Trubisky either. And so it, there seems to be some impatience there that uh, the – Let's see, is this it? Yeah, except Nagy wasn't able to groom Trubisky either, Greg. So what do you say to fans it's, who have that it's, opinion?
1: It's two different players. And, and, and I'll say this, and I'll go back, and I generally watch the um, the NFL Network coverage of the draft because I don't like ESPN, but I recorded the ESPN coverage because Louis Riddick's a friend of mine, and I wanted to hear what he had to say. And mm. And, you know, I worked in Philly with Lewis and Matt Nagy was, was on the staff. He was a quality control coach and the offensive quality you know, on the offensive staff. And, you know, he mentioned, he, he knows Matt a lot better than I do. I know Matt, he knows him real well. They're, they're good friends. He was, mm-hmm. you know, I was only with him the, the one season and that was Andy's because of the tragedy. You know, Andy lost his son in training camp that year. Yeah. And it was just a, a, a thrown out year and, uh, unfortunately, their, their last year in Philly, and then he went on to Kansas City. But he said that – now, now have some history in this. Lewis knew exactly what Nagy felt about the quarterbacks in the Trubisky draft and how he had them ranked. And they had I, – I think he said that he had Watson number one. I know the Chiefs had Mahomes number one. Because the uh, you know at, during the fall, Chris Ballard was the director of player personnel, vice president of player personnel, I think he was at that time. Dorsey was still the general manager. And Chris went to see Mahomes three times. Loved him. Absolutely loved him. And that was his guy. And then he leaves in January to go to the Colts, but his reports are still there. And his feelings are still there.
2: Mm -hmm. Because
1: he he let it well be known. But now Matt might have had Watson ahead of Mahomes. That part I don't know. But he also knows that Mahomes and and, and Watson were both way above Trubisky in Nagy's rankings. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, now you come to this year, and Justin Fields is the guy he wanted. Okay, if, if, if the Bears had the third pick in the draft, they're taking Justin Fields, mm. not Trey Lance. Interesting. Okay, I, I can't tell you if they would have taken the, the BYU quarterback. I, I don't know the answer to that because I don't know what his feelings were. Personally, I like Fields better than him. You mm-hmm. know, I, I, you look – not only are you looking at, at, at some of the throws they make, but they had uh, – Fields has – The same or better overall athleticism as far as uh, being able to extend plays. I like the release of the BYU uh, BYU quarterback better uh, because it's a little tighter release. We've talked about that a thousand times. But you look at the quality of of competition BYU played versus the quality of competition Justin Fields played first at, at Georgia. It, it, in a rotation a little less than a rotational role really as a true freshman and then at ohio state and getting into the college football playoff two years ago there's no comparison yeah. you know he had a play on the big stage uh where VYU never going to get a shot at that and uh so I, I i think because of you know because of that if it if it was if, if bears had picked second or third field, might have been the been the quarterback
0: mm-hmm So um, another good part of the game for Justin Fields was Matt Nagy said that you know they went through this kind of slump after that first series they weren't getting generating any offense. I thought they
1: were moving the ball at that point where they had the the, where we talked about the penalty.
0: Yeah, that is true. They they were absolutely. And and, and then it was
1: after that that it kind of fell off.
0: Right. Right. But with the game 17 to seven, I think it was in the third quarter or late in the third quarter. Maybe it was the fourth quarter that the team on the sidelines, Matt Nagy told the players, guys, it's time. We've got to do something here to get back into this game. Two scores is what we need. And and Justin Fields led a really excellent drive where he had a number of good plays. And here are just some of the, the, the highlights of that drive. He, see, he rolls left and hits a dime to Allen Robinson over the yep, middle.
1: Great, great throw. Good read.
0: Super. And then here's another one. I believe this is the play to Cole Komet over the middle, and you just want to see a lot more of this. Hey,
1: now that, that – that, can you go back to the beginning of that?
0: Sure. Here it is right here.
1: Look at how quick the ball comes out of his hand. Mm-hmm. As compared to some other things, boom! Yeah. He sees it and gets it, gets rid of it.
0: Yeah, he plants that back foot, and immediately the ball comes out.
1: Right, and and that's what we got to see more of.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, Nagy complimented this scramble play. Uh, where he goes out, he's he's he he goes out to the right on the fake handoff, he doesn't see anything downfield and he's able to pick up yards. But he said that there isn't that thin line. Sometimes you just gotta throw it away and sometimes you gotta run, and that the decision making will get better as time goes on. And of course, yeah,
1: and he also I think he also said he, he he's gonna leave it on Justin to make that decision. Yeah. But on on this, he looks over and he sees the opening to the left. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody there's flow is everything is going to the offensive right side of the field. So he knows there's something there on the left and see him look there right before. And then he said, okay, you know, I, I got a chance there and he did, but there's other plays where he's, he's, you know, going to get caught doing that and it's Mm -hmm. not going to work out as good.
0: Yep. And, and we've seen that he held on to the ball a bit too long yep. at first, And uh it's it's now a- that
1: play there, I thought he held on to the ball a split second too long.
0: I thought the very same thing. Okay. Under- and, and
1: and can you can you go back to the beginning of that one? Yep. right here. Show you when he should have thrown the ball, right? Now.
0: Yep. Right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. I, I totally, totally agree. Held yeah, on to that.
1: And and that's that's the difference between a rookie and a vet.
0: Mm -hmm. You know,
1: it's the anticipation and seeing things. See, he waited instead of, I hate the term throwing open, but sometimes it's a good term. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, he could have gave that, he could have thrown that ball to Mooney when Mooney was sitting on the two-yard line, not in the end zone. And Mooney would have scored.
0: Yeah. Um, Mule is saying, uh, do you think that the offensive scheme was to blame for some of the issues yesterday?
1: I wasn't totally in love with the play calling yesterday, but at the same time, if the plays work, then you're going to say, Oh, the play calling was great. <laughs> you know, um, They got out of that, that rhythm. They were in early with the run game. He put up a yeah. ton of yards early in the game and, and don't want to pat myself on the back of the head, but, did I say last week Khalil, Herber, or Khalil Herbert was going to have a hell of a game? He did. The <laughs> and are, and
0: you like them coming out of the? Out, I know the, the,
1: guy, the guy. The guy. very well could have been a second or third round pick, and everybody would have been happy about it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, he he's a good, solid football player. What he does better than I thought he he had a drop though yesterday is mm-hmm. that he, kept, he 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 wasn't used as a receiver that much at Virginia Tech, mm-hmm. and. He's got small hands. His hands, I think, measure under nine inches.
0: Oh, I didn't but, know that.
1: Yeah, but he he catches the ball a little better than I gave him credit for. It. And you know, he's 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 a plus in the past for the most part, he's a plus in the pass game. Now I, I haven't really studied his pass blocking yet. Uh but if you're not and that's one thing that, that Montgomery does is pass block. And mm-hmm. That that's the difference between being a part-time back and a full-time back in the National Football League.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You got to be
1: able to trust that guy in pass protection.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think any other running back. Well, I should say, if any other running back got snaps, there weren't very many. So he was out there for a lot of those passes.
1: St- all but four stamps. Look at that. Yeah.
0: So yeah, Pierce, Pierce, comes-
1: got, Pierce got in, Nall got in some. Nall okay. was in sometimes with two backs. Right, right. But uh, Pierce got in for a, for a few plays. But he was in, for the most part, all but four snaps.
0: Mm-hmm. So um, <coughs> what about the offensive line play yesterday against this Green Bay Packers, who who have an outstanding nose tackle uh, in Kenny Clark? Were you satisfied with the offensive line play?
1: Yeah, there, there was a, f- a few breakdowns. But overall, you, you run for as many yards as they did. Mm-hmm. you you got to be happy. Uh, they gave up some pressures. Forget now you're playing with a backup at right tackle.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I right. heard somebody saying that there was uh, – that, that Wilkerson was having a bunch of false starts. No, he wasn't. He was getting up. He has an extremely quick – reaction to the snap he was never you know false starting in those mm-hmm. situations he was right with the snap count
0: yeah i actually believe that he's played as well as ifidi and and maybe even better uh so it's going to be interesting when ifidi gets healthy he's a little be...
1: he's a little more athletic is what he is
0: yeah uh, yeah.
1: Now, but i don't know if he's as, as, as physical and i haven't seen enough to really say that Affidi I you know you, you can't throw the guy out. I mean you, you know he he might have they claim he was a weak link weak link on the Seattle offensive line. He started there for four years and they went to the playoffs. <laughs>
2: that's right.
1: I mean you know what 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 do you want?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah um they
1: didn't I, want to pay him is what it got down to and and, <laughs> and they nice. had and they had, uh, you know, cap problems.
0: Right, that's exactly it. Uh, I agree with Mule here when he says that there were a number of breakdowns by Cody Whitehair. Um, Whitey
1: Whitehair had a had a, a few breakdowns, and yeah. and um, yeah, I think Mustafer had a had a few too. And Mustipher is going to have his hands full next week when they when they play um, the Bucks, uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, And and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but, you know, that could be a, a grudge game for Tampa Bay the way the Bears beat them last year. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's not looking good. I tweeted uh, about two hours ago that the Bucs have the best run defense in the NFL, that they're averaging about 55 yards allowed uh, to the rush, which is, of course, the identity of the Bears. So that doesn't smell real good. The, The Bears might have to rely on a passing game that they have yet to uh significantly develop yet so that's going to be an interesting game from that standpoint but i don't expect
1: and todd a, bowles is a friend of mine is one of the best and by the way i got this mm-hmm. first hand information mm, okay todd bowls people are pushing hard for that raiders job
2: is
0: that right yeah mm-hmm. interesting well you're yeah, um, here first right well he uh he was the head coach with the new york jets right uh, had some, you know, the one loss record wasn't significant, but guys... Yeah, he also
1: like, had the worst GM in football.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. He was dealing with a poor roster. So guys like him, uh, who have shown so much promise as a coordinator after having uh, limited success, if any, as a head coach, I think guys like that deserve a second shot, and the Raiders could be a great uh, spot for him.
1: Yeah, it could. Now, will they go for the, the trend seems to be going after these offensive geniuses, but look at some of the success, the defensive guys, like, you know, Staley's had in and with the chargers, you know, the, uh, this year so far. So that could bode well for, uh, Todd. It's not going to hurt that he's a minority, but you know, I I've known Todd a number of years and he was in Philly in 2012 when I was there too. He was on that same staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Great guy, very very smart. Really knows how to communicate with his players.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he uh, he's he's an intriguing candidate for any job out there, but uh, the Raiders would seem to be a good fit. Now back to this game Sunday with the Bears and Packers, the defense um, played well, but there was a moment not
1: well enough. Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> so you know they.
1: I I was disappointed in the run defense more than anything you're when you're playing Aaron Rodgers, you're going to give up some big plays. It's going to happen because you're playing Aaron Rodgers Mm -hmm. and his accuracy is just deadly, uh, and he's got one of the best receivers in the game. And, by the way, Greg Olson did a great job calling that game, too. Yeah, I
0: thought so, too. I thought so. He's got a good future ahead of him. But yeah, Don't get-
1: say that future ahead of him. Of course the future is ahead of him. <laughs>
0: Thank you. That is what is called an oxymoron. His best
1: day, yeah, his best days are ahead of him.
0: Yeah. Um, the explosive plays is what the Bears allowed uh, to the Packers rushing. Uh, Jones had a 28-yarder. Dylan yeah. had that 36-yarder. I mean, he had 11 rushes, 59 yards. You, you eliminate that 36-yarder, he would have had 10 for, what, 20-something? And no, then, no, course, no,
1: no, no question. There was some breakdown in the run game.
0: Mm-hmm. It was I awful. don't
1: recall if that was after Khalil got hurt. Okay. One of them was before, I don't, he might not have even been in them,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but he got hurt on that sack and it was obvious, you know, he grabbed that groin right away. He, he gets the sack. He has to make a change of direction
2: mm-hmm.
1: to sack Rogers. And then right after Rogers goes down, he grabs his groin. Mm.
0: Yeah, that, uh, that was so uh, disheartening to see. And so uh, my, my he, didn't play,
1: he didn't play another down after that. did
0: not, right. And Khalil Mack, uh, according to reporters, and I haven't gone back to look at the tape, but uh, reporters kind of insinuated that his second half was not nearly as strong as his first half. So what's the injury status with Khalil Mack? And so I'm starting to wonder, should he get a rest week uh, and maybe just hold him out a week it's happened before, and it, it sometimes – I think in was his first season, he was held out for two games, and he came back and played really well the rest of the season. Should the Bears be thinking about something like that?
1: You know, I, I, it, it really depends on the severity of the injury and what the injury is. They're mm-hmm. very vague with with saying what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they – Green Bay could have made some adjustments. I got to go back and look at the coach's tape on that to see if they – they made any adjustments to block on him, but both Quinn and him got sacks going again in this game. You know, Khalil's got six sacks. Quinn's got five and a half and six games. Those guys are off to a great start. They're That's doing great. exactly what we hoped they would do a year ago.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: they're doing it this year. Uh, then, and you know, inside they're getting plays now with two weeks in a row. 97 is, as. Made a bonehead play where I, you know, and the one yesterday was in fairness to him, it, it cost the Bears 15, but it shouldn't have because Aaron Rodgers grabbed his face mask
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: he pushed, and then he pushed Aaron Rodgers.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, what did you say about Aaron Rodgers before we went live, Greg?
1: <laughs> they protect that son of a bitch more than any. Him and Roger, or him and, uh, Brady. Brady,
0: they protect. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so frustrating. We'll talk about his comments a little bit later, but you're absolutely right. Mario Edwards has shown a lack of discipline that's concerning because his play is really good. He comes in oh, yeah, and yeah. makes good play no, after no. Good play, but you can't be giving them yards with these silly penalties. you got to restrain yourself, and this guy has a history of not being able to contain himself, so that's that's concerning. Gotta well, they him.
1: got him, I'll tell you, they got him with taunting. <laughs> yeah. Now, how can he be taunting when he's bitching about having his his face mask being held? Because Rodgers, if you see the replay, Rodgers went up and had him just like this. He grabbed it.
0: That's a great point. That, that is a great point. Um, a lot of chatter in the chat room regarding the defensive backs and their tackling. We saw Gibson miss another tackle. And then I want to bring up this one play here uh, and have you uh, take a look at it. This is uh, the – Packers uh, touchdown in the second quarter, I want to say, and Eddie Jackson. You'll see him here uh, lined up. Let me uh, stop it here. Uh, you, you'll see the circle that I have of Eddie Jackson there. Right. He was slow right. to get to the gap. I'll, I'll just. This is a it.
1: shovel. This is a shovel pass to Lazard, right? Yes, it is.
0: So, then Eddie sees it. And just doesn't have the power to push a fellow wide receiver, a fellow uh, specialty player, for lack of a better way of putting it, back into uh, into the backfield. It just, to me, it's... it's, it's well, Lazard,
1: sh- in fairness, not not sticking up already here, Lazard's got about 30 pounds on Jackson.
0: Okay, didn't know that. Okay. But,
1: but uh, yeah, Lazard's about 220, 225, Jackson's about 190. Okay. You know, Lazard's, Lazard's a big guy. He's about six foot four, six foot five. Um, mm-hmm. You know, watching that play at first, I didn't even realize it was it was Eddie. I thought that was a linebacker, and mm-hmm. I thought a linebacker should stuff him at like the two.
0: Yeah, right on,
1: on that play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a DB, and is what it is.
0: So, can we forgive Eddie for this, or am well, I wrong? I mean,
1: no, he he hey he. he Tried to tackle the play, the uh, if if you watch in, in football the low man wins.
0: Mm-hmm. Who's lower here? Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right.
1: Okay, so, and, and, and Lazard is lower. His, mm-hmm. his the the highest part of his body is about right here on Eddie Jackson. You're mm-hmm. going to win that battle 100 percent of the time. It's so, it's leverage.
0: You've, you've been around this game for decades. What do you do as a coaching staff to help these guys tackle better? I mean, these guys are critical. They're the last line of defense but between the offense and and the goal line.
1: You want the real, real? you want the real answer? Yes, please. Throw out the fucking CBA and get it back the way it was. Mm-hmm. Have real training camp
2: mm-hmm. where you have
1: hitting and training camp because you don't work on that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so you happen – it happens during the course of the season. And tackling as a whole in the National Football League sucks.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, it does. It's not,
1: it's not just the Bears games.
0: Yes. I... It's almost every
1: game. And it's because you're not doing it in, in, in preseason practice. We're used to do tackling drills a couple times a week. Mm-hmm. You never never do it. No, it's you're, doing, you're tackling dummies.
0: Right. Well, one of the things that, though, does concern me, and I put, put this up on Twitter with a replay of one of his so-called tackles, is that he is trying to go for the ball so much that the ball carrier is carrying Eddie Jackson for five, seconds. No, I, I,
1: I agree with you. You, you. You're trying to create a turnover. And it, it, if you've got two people on the play, you can do that because one guy can bring the guy down and then the other guy is trying to make the strip. Mm-hmm. But if it's one on one, you gotta you gotta get the guy down.
0: Yeah, I mean it to me, it just seems if you're the first guy to the ball carrier, the first thing you gotta be thinking is tackle. Now you can do the peanut punch, but you immediately have to go back to thinking tackling, right, and right. and but that's when what you know what do I the
1: do. peanut punch for the sake of argument here, you're losing some some leverage there. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. So again, if you If you watch Pete, a lot of times he's the second guy in, not all the time, or sometimes he's the first guy and there's somebody else coming in Mm -hmm. right away. Mm -hmm. But first job of the defender is not to create a turnover, but to get the guy down
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and then, you know, try to create the turnover.
0: Yeah. So a lot of people have been calling for Eddie Jackson to get benched. A lot of people. And I mean, it's not going to happen. And please tell us why.
1: Well, one he he calls everything on the back end,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: and he is very very good in coverage. He's had I think one breakdown, one big breakdown during the course of the season, and they all had some breakdowns early. Overall, I'm not that disappointed in the secondary's play, except the tackling's got to get better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but you know, people thought that the corner play was going to be a weakness. Corner play hasn't been a weakness this it's been year. Been really good. No, the corner play has been good. Yeah, and um, now they never said anything why, uh, as to why he had a different nickel in there yesterday.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that was interesting. Christian over uh, Shelley, who had a pretty decent game the last uh, last week.
1: Well, it was the kid from Central Michigan. I don't have the roster in front of me. Okay, was playing, was playing the Nickelback.
0: Isn't that Marquis Mar-
1: Mar- Christian? No, that was not Marquis Christian.
0: Kid from Central. Oh, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll find it. Go ahead.
1: I'll get it. Wait a minute. Let me look here.
0: Why do you think that happened?
1: Um, uh, you know, it might have been the size of the Green Bay receivers. For all I know.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. You've been sounding the alarm on Big Shelley's size for some time now, so um, I can definitely see that. Um. Uh, Xavier Crawford.
1: Yeah. Xavier. Yeah, he had he had uh, three tackles, two solos, mm-hmm. one assist. Yeah. But Z- Xavier is a bigger guy than he's taller, he's longer than uh, Duke Shelley, and it may have been that for matchup reasons, or just in practice, he has moved himself ahead of, of Duke Shelley.
0: Yeah, interesting. Now yeah. Shelley,
1: Shelley is a competitive kid; mm-hmm. he's just small. Yeah. He's five, eight and a half, and that's never going to change.
0: Well, and the Bears seem to be playing a lot of dime defensive schemes now. So there's kind of – should be playing time available for a lot of these guys. It it seems to me. So um, that's one of the things that Sean Desai is doing much more than Chuck Pagano. But you've you've been very, very complimentary of Desai's defensive coordinator work. Why don't you tell our followers why?
1: Well, I I, I just like – it's going back to when Vic was here. A lot of things are very, very similar. And he was a big disciple of Vic's. That's where we've basically learned the game. Not a whole lot different than, than Staley did with the Rams last year. Very, very similar. And, you know, and where'd Staley learn? Same place right here under, under Vic. They're all on the same staff. and, and and by the way, Staley's done doing a hell of a job. I mean, they got their ass kicked yesterday, but he's doing a hell of a job in, in uh, L.A. with the Chargers.
0: He's, he's super coach, man.
1: Well, part of it, you got a quarterback <laughs> that helps a lot. Okay, so that, that, that and and hopefully the Bears got their quarterback now. So mm-hmm. you know, you got to go through. You got to be like me and walk you off the edge. And, you know, these fans, again, this morning's presser, I'm looking at these these comments that come up. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you saw it, but I finally put something in. I go, these comments are just asinine. <laughs> I,
0: I try to stay away from them, yeah, because <laughs> I'm the same way. I mean, you know. Uh, There's a lot of people who are passionate about the Chicago Bears, but they don't really understand a lot of things that go into being a head coach, running an organization and so forth. And so they speak from emotion, which is fine. You're allowed to say whatever you want in this country. And that's a great thing. But – there are, some of those comments are just ridiculously stupid.
1: Well, as long as your liberals are are in trouble, we're we keep getting to say less, but that's
0: all right. <laughs> I'm not censoring you, Greg. This is Greg Gabriel talks football whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> 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 uh, all right, uh, so we've talked about the defense. Anything else regarding the defense that you might be concerned? Well, it's the injuries. We, we've we've touched on that. But any concerns or any platitudes, any ad-boys that you want to uh, get, get out? I'll tell
1: you, I like, you know, Danny Trevathan came back and they're starting to use Danny more. But if you notice, they're using Danny at more in run situations. Hmm. And when you get in obvious pass situations, Danny's not in there. Ogletree is in there because he's a lot better in coverage. And you saw why on that one breakup deep down the middle on that seam pattern. Mm-hmm. It was a hell of a play on his part
0: yeah yeah well it really was uh some people were were blaming him for not coming up with the interception I'm like dude what, what do you want you know <laughs> um you mentioned um Danny Trevathan I, I get I gotta just ask you this question I know it's a silly question but I'd love to get your thoughts on it a lot of people uh, um actually John Buffone and I had a little bit of a debate about this he said Danny Trevathan should have never been re-signed. Nick Kwiatkowski, who the Bears allowed to get to the Raiders, he should have been the linebacker signed as the number one backer alongside Roquan Smith. Your thoughts on that?
1: I I think that's a valid argument. Mm -hmm. But you (coughs) – excuse me. I think part of the equation, and we never know the answer to this because you're not inside the building, Mm -hmm. is what the player means in the locker room. Yep. And Dan, and Danny Trevathan is very highly respected among the players in the locker room.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, and when they sign that contract, see now, now, your discussion with Buffon is is after the fact,
2: mm-hmm. which
1: which is fair. But when you sign that contract, Danny's coming off a pretty strong year. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Now he started off poorly last year. I don't know. It was almost like he was out of shape and maybe you can give him a pass because of the COVID situation and he didn't have the, uh, the off season program that you normally have Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and bad allergy Gagan. So, you know, I, I I think the, the back half of last year, he played a lot better. Mm Mm-hmm. And until he got hurt in preseason, I thought he was playing pretty good this year. In mm-hmm. fact, if he doesn't get hurt, it's probably a blessing that he got hurt. Because if he doesn't get hurt, they don't sign Ogletree.
0: Yeah. And,
1: Ogletree and Ogletree's been a blessing.
0: Yeah, indeed. A, a huge blessing. And and uh, uh, Jason Peters, uh, you know, and uh, Ryan Pace says, we got very fortunate when we found them out in the street. And you sure did because uh,
1: he was fishing. Yeah, exactly. He, he literally was. He was fishing when, when Juan called him.
0: Exactly. Rock Davis has a question for me, but I'm gonna I'm gonna answer very quickly and then have you answer it. He says basically, do you think Matt Nagy is a good head coach? I want to say that I think Matt Nagy is at now a transform, transformative period in his career. If he continues to embrace the fact that he is the coach of all three phases and he's focused on overseeing those things and firing up players and leading the staff, the, the coaching staff with good game planning, then yes, moving forward, he could be a good coach. But he has, in the past, sh- shown some narrow-minded uh, perspectives on things. Greg, your thoughts?
1: You know, I I don't disagree with you. I you know if his game plans were working, you wouldn't we wouldn't have this discussion. But his game plans weren't working. <laughs> That's right. And so you know it, it it brings about discussion like this. So you know it, it it's it takes a lot. I mean, it, with coaches, there's there's a lot of ego involved. Mm-hmm. You know and. So I think it says a lot for Matt that within the building and within his his peers in the building, you know, the other offensive coaches, that he listened. And and go back two weeks ago, he said, we had a lot of discussion among ourselves. Now, he could have said, you know, screw you guys. I'm the head coach, and this is the way we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. We could have lost the coaching staff and could have lost the locker room. Now, one thing I'm going to say: when you can tell when a coach loses a team, team doesn't show up. Go back and look at uh, John Fox and, and and the last part of his tenure here. Yes. Go back and look at the whole last two thirds of the season when Trust Trustman's mm-hmm. final year here. Those guys weren't playing for
2: him, mm-hmm.
1: and. If they want you out the door, that's how they show it. We aren't playing for this guy. Yeah, And, you know, people will say, well, yeah, but you're playing for a job and that game's on tape. Well, you know what? You're watching on tape, but you're also watching the good stuff from before and you see a drop-off and you go, well, how did that happen so quick? And then, you know, you got to put one and one together to get the two.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Toreen has a good stat. I saw this elsewhere, too, Toreen. Bears have scored 20 points or less 27 times under Matt Nagy. I think they're under 500 in that particular stat. And that goes a lot to Nagy's stubbornness, like you just mentioned.
1: Well, they scored less than 20 points yesterday. Nagy wasn't calling plays. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Okay, now part of that, and I think when when you – go into last year and the year before last year, the second half of the season, he, you know, he didn't call plays laser did. Mm -hmm. I think we'd have to go back and find out exactly when it was, but it was somewhere around mid season. It was during, it was during the losing streak. Right. And, you know, I think part of it might've been on Mitch too, but, now you, you you've got a build in excuse you've got a rookie quarterback that's learning on the fly mm-hmm. and you can't expect this team to be putting up 28 to 35 points. everything's got to be clicking for that to happen right now, that doesn't mean it's not going to happen a year from now, but you know that the old baseball cliche of wait till next year mm-hmm. well okay this year you I said it a little earlier y'all wanted it now (laughs) you got it and now you got to put go through with what goes with it Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) indeed you know and uh, the other thing regarding uh matt nagy is there there are i i like the fact that some franchises are going to give the benefit of the doubt to a head coach because if not you're going to have consistent turnover and so maybe maybe the issue is is the person that's hiring the coach has to go but in this case i don't think it's that i mean i i think it's it's the bears are kind of waiting for him to mature as a coach and hopefully get it going and they've expected that to happen last season they expect it to happen this season and it's just been slow in happening i remember my brother saying i hate lovey smith they should fire lovey smith and i told him be careful because you don't know who is going to replace Lovey Smith, and history proved that. Be, the be careful what
1: you wish for. <laughs>
0: exactly.
1: <laughs> Lovey got fired after a ten and six season. That was absolutely absurd,
0: unbelievable. Uh, and what, you know
1: why? We, because he, Phil Emery, was told he could pick his own coach in another year. Yeah. So, regardless of what happened.
0: Yeah which is stupid to do. You bring in a new GM, you tell him the keys are yours, just keep the place clean and and win us some football games. I'll I'll
1: give you a perfect example because Jerry Angelo was told the same thing, but Jerry wasn't hired until June.
0: Uh, Okay.
1: Okay, Jerry was hired like June 12th.
0: Yeah, that's a different story.
1: Okay, and I was hired like June 13th. So, I mean, you know, it was like the day after Jerry was. Mm -hmm. And Jerry was said, you know – Dick's the coach this year. Mm-hmm. Now we went into that year thinking that could be making a change. But how we won, we won the, and then it was the NFC central. Mm-hmm. I got the game ball for it up over here somewhere. Um, And now it's the NFC North, but the, what are you going to do? Fire him after winning the, the NFC central? No, you can't.
0: Yeah i'm I'm with you on that um prior to uh prior to the show uh going live you said the very almost exactly the same thing as Matthew fouche says here anyone bring up why I still own you wasn't taunting of course he said I not I not we go ahead Greg tell us why that's not taunting probably
1: <laughs> probably because it was directed at fans instead of a player mm-hmm but if anything was taunting, that was taunting.
0: Yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean,
1: except that you know they left out the one part. He said, "I fucking own you."
0: Yeah. Exactly. I mean, and and the cameras caught it. I think they. And how about out.
1: this? Oh, I, I blacked out. I don't remember saying it.
0: Yes, and, and he's okay. Oh, and he's yeah. laughing as he says that. So he's clearly right. sticking it to Chicago fans. And I don't care if a female fan or a male fan or a, a an animal is giving him, flipping him the bird. That kind of behavior is not representative of what the NFL wants. I mean, it's even worse that he's saying that to a female fan. He should be fined for that. He should well, be fine.
1: you know, he's not going to. It's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But what it's going to do. And, you know, mark it down, it's going to, for the return game later in the season, rile up some players on the defense. So when he does get sacked, you might hear a, I own you, bitch, in his face, you know, when when, when they're sacking him. Uh, and when he's playing somewhere else, because you know one thing, he isn't playing in, in Green Bay next year. Mm-hmm. So th- this is the swan song with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, and then there's going to be a you know a new sheriff's in town, Detroit. How about this? Uh, you know, just change the subject a little bit. But, sure. um, Detroit coach is already saying, "Well, we need a little bit more out of out of golf." Yeah. Well, why do you think the Rams got rid of him? Exactly. He's soft. Yeah. He's not a tough player.
0: Yep. Under adversity, he, he turns into, I don't know, spaghetti or whatever, whatever is soft, uh, cotton or what have you. Smack,
1: smack that guy in the face a couple times in his history.
0: Yep. Tony Brown wants me to ask you, do you think that Matt Nagy comes up with a script of, say, 20 plays and that laser then caused those plays? You know, the old Bill no. Walsh style of thinking, you script the first 15 oh, plays. That,
1: yeah, No, th- th- there's a script, but I don't think those are Nagy's script. Those are the staff script.
0: Mm-hmm. They all work together to come up with that script.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Yeah. I and mean- and th-
1: there, there can be deviation on that script depending on down a distance.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. I've always wondered that, uh, Greg, because I'm a big fan of the Bill Walsh script of plays and his offensive philosophy and so forth. And I always wonder, well, what happens if on the script you're calling for a run play and it's third down and 10? Uh, So there are variations of that.
1: Right. But now also, do you know why they have that script? No. It's really to see you you want to throw certain things at the defense to find out their reaction early in the game.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And just about every NFL team does it that way. Am I right or wrong?
1: Yeah. I mean, you want to, you, you want to throw a situation out and see exactly how they're defending it. So that you, you know, you can either throw that play out or keep coming back to it or use a variation of that play mm. later on. Cause if stuff works early, they got, they got to make adjustments mm-hmm. if it works and, and, you know, vice versa. So, that there is there's craziness to all that why it's being done.
2: Yeah. All
0: right. I want to talk about uh just kind of do a, a quick um segment here on your thoughts on some of the NFL teams, like for instance, the Tampa Bay Bucks, who are five and one. They are three and oh at home. This team has everything needed. I'm guessing, I'm 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 asking, uh, to win another Super Bowl.
1: Right now, the way they're playing, yes. But, uh, you know, they, uh, just like last year, they have some down games.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I don't think they're going to have a down game last year and only because they had that down game last year against the Bears. And I, I, I think, you know, Brady's a competitor where that's going to be. He took a lot of shit for that game last year.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so, it, uh, and he's got the memory that, okay, payback pay time exactly so
0: he's going to remember what Don is <laughs> that's right that's right
1: um now they got a little bit of an older team though too and we are we're, we're only a third of the way through the season yeah and
0: you've seen it with Gronkowski you He's starting to fall apart
1: yeah and and uh, Brady's one hit away i mean anybody's one hit away but right you know what you see now might not be what you're seeing in December, depending on the health of that team.
2: Mm
1: And, you know, it it worked. Very few teams can withstand injuries to top players, but yeah. I mean, I I, I think Buffalo started off flat in that first game against Pittsburgh. They've been lights out ever since about Mm -hmm. this. They're playing tonight in Tennessee. If Twitter is correct, Half that stadium is Bills fans. Wow! Because they have just overpowered at least fans. I don't know whether they got tickets for the games, but Buffalo fans have overpowered the the nightclub action in in Tennessee since Friday night.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, well, and that was another team that I was going to ask about, Buffalo Bills. I know you've been high on them since last season. Are uh, let me. Take a look at their one loss record here. Very five and one
1: or four and one, rather
0: four and one, uh, one hundred and eight net points. <laughs> They've scored one hundred seventy-two and only given up sixty-four. You still think they're on track to have an outstanding season into the playoffs and maybe all the way to the Super Bowl?
1: Right now, I think they're the best team in the AFC. Mm-hmm. But like like Tampa, you got they got to stay healthy. Mm-hmm.
2: You know,
1: if Josh mm-hmm. Allen gets if Josh Allen gets hurt. Mitch Trubisky becomes the quarterback for that.
0: Right. And I'll tell
1: you, that would be be interesting just to see, because I think Brian Dayball should be like the next head coach somewhere. I think he's great. If they made a change here, that's the guy I'd want. Because of what he's done. (coughs) Excuse me.
2: With the
0: quarterback?
1: What he's done with Josh Allen, yeah. Mm -hmm. He's a remarkable offensive mind.
0: Yeah. Do you know anything about um, his um, uh, abilities? He's never had. He's never been a head coach anywhere, correct?
1: No, he's been a coordinator in college, and and he's got. He's worked for some good people. Mm -hmm. He's worked at New England under Saban, Mm -hmm. but after he left there, he went to Alabama. Now he's up here. You know, the guys. He's had some diversity in his. Yeah.
0: So does it give you pause at all to hire somebody, you know, who has that resume where they have never led an entire football team?
1: A, a lot of head coaches have never led a football team that, you know, they get their uh, Something about the national football league, you know, in hockey and a basketball, you see guys get second, third, fourth, and fifth chances. You don't, you seldom see that in football.
2: Yeah, You know, anymore. you're
1: trying to go with the hot guy, but, but, Brian's resume, and I know the Buffalo fans would hate it. First of all, you know, he's a Buffalo guy. Mm -hmm. He went to, um, here's an interesting little stat. He went to St. Francis High School along with Bill Polian's kid who was, you know, executive in the National Football League, along with uh, Tom Telesco, who's the GM uh, with the Chargers and about three other people that are all in the league. And actually, all, most of them are in the league because of one person, Bill Polian, because they mm. were friends with Polian's kids, and Polian got them all in the league.
0: Mm. Interesting. All right. You say the Bills are the best team in the AFC. A close second then has to be the Ravens, right?
1: Ravens are, are tough. And, and, yep. and two quarterbacks who I never thought would be as good in the NFL – as they were like good college quarterbacks or Josh Allen and, and Lamar Jackson.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Lamar Jackson was an awful passer, as was Josh Allen in college. And both have become lights out passers in the NFL, mm-hmm. which throws out that myth that non-accurate and quarterback, non-accurate quarterbacks in college all of a sudden become accurate in the NFL, because that's two out of two right there that have done it. Mm-hmm. And, the, and and in the same draft.
0: Yeah. Um, I agree with you. I, I used to I used to think the same thing, I, I started to believe that way, that uh, after the Bears drafted Cade McNown. I said this guy was not that accurate in college. Why would the Bears draft him? And he was terrible at Chicago with his accuracy. So asshole uh, too, but yeah, <laughs> I've heard that about Cade McNown. <laughs> I
1: I never worked with him, I've just been told. <laughs>
0: okay, um, another team I'd love to get your thoughts on. You and you, you brought them up a little earlier. The Chargers, uh, a tough loss for them yesterday. It seemed like everything went wrong, but nonetheless, that's a four and two team. Does where were you that their net points is just it's minus two now after that big loss to the Ravens? But does anything about this Chargers team worry you, or you just think that this is a, a they team don't have forward? they don't
1: have enough guys yet? Yeah, they're they're, okay. they're climbing the mountain. Yeah. But they got the key ingredient. They got the quarterback. Mm. And they got the quarterback on a rookie contract for a few more years. So now they they should – you know, they can go out and get some other players, get the supporting cast, and they're going to – you know, they're, they're, they're going to give – Kansas City's – except for Mahomes, Kansas City's starting to get old. And, and they're showing it.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> – you know they very they won yesterday, but they very easily could have lost.
0: They had a terrible and, first half. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and you know, so we might have already seen the best, even though they got Mahomes. We might have seen the best of of KC. The only thing is, you get them in a in a game where like a one game playoff game, well, they can be lights out too because of Andy Reid. But their overall personnel just hasn't been what it, it's been like in, in, in the past and, and these other years at, at Kansas city, total revamping of the offensive line and the defenses, you know, just starting to get a little bit older.
0: Mm. Last team I want you to comment on, please, is the Arizona Cardinals who are six and oh, and just to me, my untrained eyes look like a dynamite football team.
1: You know, I haven't watched them for more than five minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't like that team, so I don't want to watch them. Um,
0: Why don't you like them? Um, <laughs> is the follow-up question. <laughs>
1: uh, you know, it's my own prejudice. Cliff Kingsbury was a horrible college coach. Mm. He couldn't win a Texas Tech with Patrick Mahomes.
0: Mm. Well, And they won without him yesterday. He wasn't there. He was <laughs> I know.
1: There. That kind of tells you something right there. Um <laughs> They didn't have a bunch of coaches yesterday.
0: That's right. And they
1: didn't have a GM.
0: Wow, interesting. It's a player's game. They all all,
1: all had COVID. But then (laughs) I didn't know the the Bears receivers coach was out because of COVID.
0: Yeah, Mike Fury, yes. Yeah, I
1: I didn't realize that until listening to the uh, press conference this morning.
0: Yeah, he. Uh, it was. I think it was announced on Friday. You you lose a lot of news on Friday. People are getting ready for the weekend. Right. Um. All right. I want to get back to the Bears regarding a topic that I think you can help me um understand better. Robert Quinn's contract was renegotiated, so that that th- to free up about uh eight million dollars in cash. I don't gold. know if that was
1: that much. It gave it gave about three and a half million more.
0: Okay, it's maybe it was future. three and a half million because they, they were down to a cap space of eight hundred thousand. So now Ooh. about three or four million, whatever it is, is now yeah, being cool. deferred into the future. And the bears have like 30 some million dollars in contracts that have been deferred. How dangerous is this for the Chicago Bears when they're uh filling out rosters in 2022 and
1: beyond? Well, you're only going to do that with players that you're not planning on being here next year, or or that you are planning on being here next year.
0: Quinn will be around, right?
1: Quinn will be around. Khalil Mack will be around. A-Rob, I do not, uh, you know, if I was a betting man, I'd say A-Rob is not going to be here. I'm going to say Akeem Hicks isn't going to be here. Um, You know, he's going to be, what, 34 years old next year or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the injuries are starting to set in. You know, if you look at the amount of games missed and, and plays missed because of injuries, I just think, you know, there becomes a time, and Bill, Lichick, Bill Belichick was the pro at it, he would always get rid of a guy one year early, and everybody in the media said, why is he getting rid of that guy? And he always had the last laugh mm-hmm. because it was the right thing to do. He starts seeing you go downhill before everybody else knows you're going downhill. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not saying Akeem is going downhill, but I, I, I think he plays in spurts and when he plays, you know, and the good spurts are still vintage Akeem Hicks, but because of age and because of injuries, he can't sustain it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, then when you throw in the salary, now, if you can get him at a bargain basement price, he's, I want to be here. Okay. Well, yeah, of course, but his contract's up. So that's why, you know, and Drew Rosenhaus is going to be looking for him to try to hit a home run again. I, I, I don't even see him hitting a home run, to tell you the truth. Hmm. But, uh, if you can get him at a regional price and he'll be here, but I, you know, it's gotta be less than, than what you're paying him now. Um, one of either Foles or Andy Dalton will not be here next year. I don't know what, you know, both contracts are are pretty much up. Uh, Dalton's for sure. I'm not exactly sure how how Foles' contract works. But, you know, Dalton's only got a one-year contract. He's going to want to be able to He is the ideal backup, mm-hmm. but he's going to want to be able to compete for a starting job. Now, if that's not offered to him, then he may come back. Um, you know, it, it depends what his relationship is, and then you know, we all I, I'm going to assume that Matt Nagy is going to be the coach next year, but if Matt Nagy's not the coach, that's going to change things too. Because if he's not the coach, then you're probably going to have a different general manager too.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and the final question is, given the cap situation with this team, making great draft picks and uh, finding a quality undrafted free agents is imperative. What is going on in scouting rooms Like at Hallis Hall, you know, they don't have a first round draft pick, but what what are they doing to ensure that they can replenish the pipeline with players that they're going to lose or in positions that definitely need an upgrade?
1: Well, the Rams haven't had a first round pick in like since the turn of the century, I don't think. Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, uh,
1: (laughs) Bears haven't had one in a few years. Well, this year they did, but they gave away again next year's. But. It's last year. They, they had two second round picks and I thought they hit really well with the two second round picks between Cole Komet And you haven't begun to see, you're starting to see what Cole Komet can be. Mm-hmm. Cole Komet is going to be a force in this league. Part of it's going to be that you got to have Justin Fields have some experience now,
2: mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: but, but he's, he's going to be a force in this league. Jalen Johnson's is going to be a force in this league. So those were good picks, but, you're not doing anything now other than grading players. Okay. Okay. And then and it's still too early to even get into your cross checks. Mm-hmm. So you got your 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 area scouts are grading players, your over-the-top people are are grading the players. It's not until after the season. <clears throat> we would bring in, just to use the formula we used, we would bring in the scouts in December. For a home game, so it'd either be the first or second week of December, whenever there was a home game. Okay, uh, they'd come in on a Saturday night. We'd all go out, go to the game on Sunday, meet Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. They'd go home, and we'd start. And and it's not putting the board together. It's really the first cut. What I call the first cut down. Okay. Okay, because you're starting off, what you got well over a thousand names.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. well
1: you're not going to work going forward. That you get into the the first of the year, you're not working with a thousand names. Half of those names you don't want.
0: Yeah, it's you impossible know. to to handle that workload right. too. I mean,
1: right. So you you start eliminating people, mm-hmm. and you know you're touching on every one of the. In four days, you can touch on every one of those thousand people, and. You know, we would, unless there was a disagreement with Jerry or myself and and Jerry or myself and and the area scout, Mm -hmm. we would pretty much rely on the area scout to, we use two terms, keep the guy alive, put him to sleep. (laughs) And um, he said, put him to sleep. We put him to sleep. Now, you know it's not like you're giving him an OD of barbiturates or something when you put him to sleep you can he he can uh rise from the dead if he does something in, you know in the postseason or sure. an all-star game but <laughs> yeah. tentatively speaking he's he's done mm-hmm. we, we slap a final grade on him and a lot of times it's guys that just don't fit what you're doing
2: mm-hmm Yes. Okay. Or uh, right.
1: bad injury problems in the past. You don't mm-hmm. want to deal with that or bad character problems.
0: OK, one last question, I promise. <laughs> um, So at at a certain point in the season or whenever, does the team project? Needs further down the road, and say we're probably not going to resign X players. So in 2023, we're going to have a need at X position, and so they kind of keep that in mind when evaluating players. Yep. Yeah, I thought that that had to be sort of the case. But I mean, that
1: but that could be the case with veteran free agency too. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because now when you're looking at free agency, you're looking at the strengths and weaknesses of both, both pools. So the draft. Okay. So now the, the bears got the draft. They know they don't have a number one. Mm-hmm. Okay. But they, they do have some extra picks down the road and they do have a number two. So they got to look at the depth of the draft. Okay. We can, we can throw out chances are where they're going to be picking in the second round. They might get a guy they have rated as a first round pick. And who knows what's gonna happen with uh Tevin Jenkins going forward, you know. Going back to last week, um Nagy said one thing that was nobody really caught on to. I did right away. Well, these guys are all day to day right now. Did you did you catch that at all? Yep, you know, he was talking about borum and and okay. Nobody knows exactly – they've never said exactly what kind of surgery Mm -hmm. Tevin Jenkins had on his back. You know, so is he done for the year or is he done till the bye week and then, you know, he's only on IR for three weeks. So three weeks, you know, anytime after three weeks you can bring him back and you can practice him for three weeks before you have to bring him up and then you got to make a decision. You either got to bring him up to the active roster or put him back down on IR and if you put him back down on IR he's done practicing
2: mm-hmm. you know
1: for the year so that you know those two guys could both Borum will be back um we'll have to see about Jenkins but Jenkins if if for some reason he doesn't come back
0: this year mm-hmm.
1: that's like having another high pick next year
0: yeah, exactly. Well, okay. and, and and hopefully it, it won't be a miss <laughs> at that position. No, I
1: I, I I I love this tape.
0: Yeah, you do, you do. I just, you, oh, I, you do I'm, the, I'm not
1: worried about that, you know, shit happens. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh it's not the first guy that's gonna happen to him, it sure sure as hell not gonna be the the last guy, but to get back to what I was saying, you're looking at, at both different pools and you're looking at the strengths and weaknesses of each pool well, we got to take care of these needs. Mm-hmm. Where can we do them? And, and, and when you're looking at the free agent pool, say, okay, I got to get a corner. Well, okay, if you want a number one or number two corner right away, you know you've got to spend some money.
2: Yeah. Right.
1: Okay. You want a number one left tackle, you're going to spend some, even a right tackle now, you're going to spend some money.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So the hope is that you can get those guys in the draft and develop them because then you're not having to spend that money for at least four years mm-hmm. on them. And if the bears are right on Borum and, and Jenkins, they got those guys for, for four years. And, and, and the, I'm not, I'm not sure. I know the collective bargaining agreement fairly well, but there's always little things that I'm missing. If Jenkins doesn't play this year, next year might for all intents and purposes, it'd be his first year again. He'll be listed. He'll be listed as a first-year player, and then I don't know if his if it's a repeat. Uh, but because he he never participated in even one day of training camp.
0: That is fascinating. That would really help the Bears' cap situation immensely if they can get that. But, that, but I
1: could be totally totally wrong on that one because yeah. that's in that dark area, right? You know, um, but it could extend his contract out actually another year. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they could, and that could be a reason, if you feel pretty good about Jason Peters getting you out of the year, mm-hmm. then you could say, let's just
0: right. put him on pause.
1: Exactly. And then, you know, we still got him four more years before we got to pay him.
0: Mm-hmm. That is a great, great point. And let's hope Mr. Peters can finish out the season and play at the level that he's been playing at the very least. I am frankly shocked at how well he has played uh, over the last few weeks. I expect, But all the
1: guys been to the Pro Bowl nine
0: times. I know. I mean, he's a stud. He's a pancake stud, too. I mean, I love to But the way- and,
1: and, you know, everybody sings uh, the uh, the Rams tackles praises. He's two months older than than our guy
0: Whit- Whitworth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna
1: mm-hmm. say Whitmore. Whitworth is, is is actually two months older than wow. Jason.
0: There you go. And he's somebody that was thinking about retiring too, but decided. To- yeah, about five
1: years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You, you never retire when that money's there, and you you know I. You know, That's you, right. You take a couple months off after the season, and you you. Know, you it's not hard getting out of bed anymore and now you get you get to my age it's hard getting out you know i have had like 10 surgeries over you know, every day's a bitch getting
0: up yeah well tell us how much you're how many weights what's what are you deadlifting and all that stuff now? no, I'm not, no, no, no. Us, I, I, I
1: i'm just under 300 on the bench right now and, I'll say, and i'm <laughs> How many seventy-year-olds can do that?
0: <laughs> not this seventy-year-old. Not even this sixty-three-year-old. <laughs> what are you, sixty-three? I am sixty-three and feel oh, like man. I'm eighty-three. <laughs> well, you
1: get you you can get Social Security.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm going to need it. <laughs> Greg, it's always a blast talking football with you. I can't wait till next Monday when we're talking about a win in Tampa Bay. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about uh...
1: I'll tell you, I might call in sick if it's bad. I don't. know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and that's that's what I'm worried of that it could be another embarrassing uh, defeat. If they're going to lose, hopefully they walk away with mo- more progression from the quarterback position and other areas. Uh, at this point, you know, I'll take a moral victory, uh, but uh, I don't want to have my heart stabbed over and over again. by.
1: It's a road game, too. If there was – yeah, you know, I, I think that was one of the things I – it was a winnable game yesterday. Mm-hmm. They didn't get blown out. But I started to say this. I didn't finish. You know, mm-hmm. none of these players have quit on the coaches. They That's play right. hard. Yep.
0: And And they play good um, at home. Yep.
1: You know, so it's, I know, fans don't want to be patient. They want Justin Fields to be an MVP right now, and it's just not going to happen.
0: I think, you don't you have two words for fans who are saying trade uh, Justin Fields? And don't those two words start with F and U and Y?
1: I haven't seen that. Are there people that that are saying that
0: now? Oh, my gosh. Yesterday was unbelievable, the amount of uh, tweets. And even some people in the chat room were like, trade Justin Fields. Somebody even said, trade Justin Fields for Mitch Trubisky. It's like, come on, you got to be kidding me.
1: (laughs) You know, uh, they want they want Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers didn't play for three years. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right. Patrick yep. Mahomes played one game. Mm-hmm. In his rookie season, correct. Absolutely. Tom
1: Brady didn't play as a rookie.
0: Yep. Be patient with Justin Fields and uh, it will pay off. The, the question is, is whether how much more patient can we be with head coach Matt Nagy? That remains to be seen. <laughs> All right, Greg, uh, we will uh, be here next week, and I'll just let people know very quickly that Southbirds Hitmen, our show dedicated to the White Sox, is not going to have its season finale tonight. They're going to do it next Monday because of illness to one of the guys, and uh, we've got plenty of Chicago Bears coverage for the rest of the week, 15 hours of it. All you got to do is subscribe to our YouTube channel, and you'll get automatic updates as to what's happening and when it's happening, and hopefully you can join us live. But if you can't, just join us then on on-demand YouTube or YouTube channel, excuse me, uh, podcasting, uh, audio podcasting like iTunes, uh, Spotify, et cetera, or our YouTube channel. So for Greg Gabriel, I'm Aldo Gandia. We'll see you next week.
1: Stay on for a second. I got to talk to you when you close it off.
0: You got it. Bye-bye, everybody.